Hello and welcome to the Writer in Progress podcast. My name is Shannon. And I'm Marg. And together we make up the team at Scripta, focused on helping you take those book ideas and turning them into stories. We are here to help you take your writing seriously. Today, we bring you an interview we did with Aussie author Carly Lane back in 2021. We explore her writing process in creating the book Take Me Home, released in May 2021. We do want to give a spoiler warning right now for this book, as we do discuss quite a few elements of the story throughout this interview. So without further ado, here is the interview. Hello, and welcome to Author Chats with Scripterbox, our guest Today is Carly Lane. She is the author of our June featured novel, Take Me Home. Carly lives on the beautiful north coast of New South Wales. She is a women's fiction writer and writes anything from romance, suspense to family sagas and specializes in life with life in rural Australia. She has romantic suspense titles published and um, her book titles are around 22 books at this stage. Uh, she's a wife and a mother of four, and she is an amazing writer. Welcome. Thank you. Well, I must say, we loved Take Me Home. We absolutely loved it. It was such yeah. a good book. And it was just, I, I think we gobbled it up in in kind of like not not that long at all. And so it was it was a pleasure to read. Mm. So Thank, Thank you. you. For it. <laughs> yeah, I think it was also really nice as well because it wasn't like every other, I suppose, family drama in the fact that you had that sort of magical element in there as well, um, which was really like something that was really beautiful to kind of weave through uh, and made the story just really interesting, I think. I didn't actually start out to do it that way and it just fitted perfectly with how I wanted to write um, Gran into it. So it was kind of um, a little thing that just sort of a little bonus, I guess, and I really love it. I was a bit worried. My publisher sort of looked at it and just said, "Mm, yeah, and I'm like, yeah. (laughs) So we just sort of, they let me go with it and um, hopefully, yeah, hopefully it came across as believable as you can. I wanted it to sort of feel real. Well, I'm so glad they trusted you with it. Yes, am I. It's always uh, nerve-wracking. What inspired you to write it? I wanted to write Gran going back home to Scotland in it when I decided to write it that way and when I decided what the characters were going to be. But I sort of, I had all these issues coming up where if Gran was there in person, it was kind of going to really ruin the plot a little bit and I'm thinking well I can't really kill Gran off over there because she has to go home and that'd be a bit devastating if poor old Gran died on the trip it'd be a horrible trip so I sort of was trying to think about what I could do and and that just sort of fitted so perfectly it sort of just came to me and as soon as I sort of thought of it um yeah I, I just loved the way it was and there was sort of a few questions that maybe you should see her but I think it was just having that voice that little voice on your shoulder type thing, I think that made it work a lot better than if you could actually see Gran. I think that would have been a little bit, no, not so much harder to believe, but I just wanted it to feel very natural. And you really um, brought forth those beautiful um, concepts of that healing and her being able to heal as well as 
the the other family members as well which was beautiful yeah and I think um I tend to always have not always I tend to have some of my books have a grand aspect and I really I honestly believe that's my nana (laughs) saying she wants to be in all the books all the time because sometimes I start writing and I have no plan there for any you know to be a grandma in it and there's always sort of that figure seems to appear but I think in this case deep down I think we'd all love to be able to still talk to someone that we love and I think and have that that extra time, I guess, to sort of finalise things and, and get your head around it. And it's just, a, yeah, it'd just be beautiful if we could all do that, I think. So I just sort of went with it. Mm, that's lovely. And so what was your writing process like in the creation of Take Me Home? It was it was fun, actually, because we'd been to Scotland before I started writing it. I When I got there, I knew I wanted to write a book set in Scotland I didn't know how I was going to convince my publisher to let me do that but I just knew that I wanted to um, and I had no idea what I was going to write so I just took photos and and just soaked everything in trying to sort of use it for when I got back and decided what to do with it um, so it was kind of a good lovely process that I could sit down and have the photos there and have those memories and really value holidays so it was really lovely that way because I'd been there and and soaked all this stuff up and it was great to be able to put it out onto the page so it was a little bit of a different progress uh process that way just um kind of reliving I guess a lot of places Mm. so the the trip in some ways inspired a lot of like what you wrote about in that way yeah yeah definitely and a lot more so than probably anything I've written to date um because I, I wanted to really include a lot of the, the little towns we went to and some of the people we met and my own family history, which was another reason we went over there in the first place, was to just sort of um, just reconnect with that family history. I've got it on my mum and my dad's side. And that was really lovely. And so I just wanted to sort of put some of that family history and places and the experiences into the book, which was really nice. So what was your favourite part to write? I loved writing Gran and Elle. I loved their little moments. They were really lovely. And, um, yeah, I really loved those. But I also really loved, and some of it wasn't allowed to go in because I was rambling too much, but I really loved the the history in some of the places, particularly the, the family history I wanted to put in about my family. Um, yeah, it, the editor did say it's all very interesting, but I feel like we're losing the story a little bit. And so we had to cut that bit, which I was a bit sad about. But I just, I love doing that. I love putting in the real history into the background of yeah. some of it. It was really interesting. So was the history around the castle and the the love story there was is that a real story no (laughs) no not that bit but um my family history is in the mcleods and in dunvegan castle so they they briefly went there and and touched on a few of those things and the cemetery with all those ancestors and that but um yeah a lot of the really interesting good stuff was cut so um but yes no we made up the actual family story but that was pretty cool I would love that to be my my family history you know what I loved I loved when you were um how you wrote with um Gran and her sister yes and how that and when she had with the with the Alzheimer's and how they thought she was just talking to space but she was actually Mm. talking to her sister and I thought that was really lovely yeah um I think 
the way the storyline unfolded we sort of it happened gradually and it sort of just seemed to be what would sort of likely happen if Gran had this this gift and then Elle had this gift then I suppose you know it would follow through so it was nice to sort of um, unfold that a little bit. So what for you is was the most challenging part about writing this novel? Probably not putting everything I wanted to put in it <laughs> trying to keep it as a story and entertaining instead of filling everyone in on all this amazing stuff I found out that I feel a need to tell everybody about. Um, um, and I, yeah, I don't know. I guess not really, I didn't find really anything too challenging. It was just, it was very, um, not easy, but it flowed a lot, this story, which was great. Not all of them flow as easily as this one did. And I guess it was because of, how I was writing it because I had in mind all this stuff that I wanted to do and it, it sort of all fitted really nicely a lot mm. of times because I don't plan <laughs> um, I tend to have a lot of stops and starts so things drag a little bit in certain um, books but this one I sort of well I didn't really know how it was going to end I never do but it was it was really lovely that it just seemed to propel wow. itself forward yeah <laughs> no I yeah. never do you're just an answer <laughs> You, you wouldn't know because it <laughs> flows so beautifully and like it like the conclusion you know sometimes you can tell people are pantsers it's like oh that conclusion kind of just like came yeah. together but you <laughs> you just wrote so beautifully like I wouldn't have known it it seemed like you planned it out yeah oh you good <laughs> I love that I fooled you <laughs> I feel like a professional what? now <laughs> for someone no. who's a plotter and who plots to the nth degree that yeah. just blows my head away that you can just sit down and then just go, I'm going to see where this goes. <laughs> Honestly, though, every day I sit and do that and I think I wish to God I was more organised and I could plot this thing because <laughs> I, it's just the most bizarre thing. People are one or the other. It's bizarre. But, um, yeah, I've tried. I've tried sitting down and plotting and I found that, I'd sort of got the outline of everything. And when I went back to start writing, I felt like I'd already written the book. It was like, God, this is painful. I know what's happening. And I don't know. I think it's just my short attention span or something. I don't know. I just work better if I can just make it up as I go. <laughs> but it does come with its challenges. I do often, which is why I usually have a couple on the go at once, because I will come to a part where it's like, I have no idea what I'm doing here now. I've written myself into a corner. So then I'll go and write something else and after a while when you come back it sort of untangles itself eventually hopefully oh, wow. huh. yeah but yeah it's there's no there's no talent to it I think it's just <laughs> winging it <laughs> how, how many books have you had in the in the go on the once like what's your most that you've done uh probably three um currently it's I'm going between two at the moment but I've kind of got a bit of um, a deadline pressure thing happening, which I don't usually work well under pressure, so this is all really new to me. But I had a book knocked back um, earlier in the year, which was just going to be submitted and I would just calmly go on my way writing my books. But then um, because that was knocked back, I then had five months to write this next book. So <laughs> I was kind of quietly packing it. Um, so <laughs> I started two books <laughs> and I didn't know which one I was going with. So now I've sort of settled on which one I'm going to go with. I'm up to about nearly, nearly 60,000 words on that. Thank God. But, um, once I get it done, I can then concentrate on the rest of it. But yeah, normally I've got two on the go now cause I need to, but normally 
I've got lots started and then it just kind of depends. Sometimes I've only got lots started because I get a really good idea about something and I need to write it down and then it sort of takes over for a couple of chapters, but then I put it away and I just find it's easier to come back to that instead of a blank page when I'm about to start something. I don't like starting something new. It's quite stressful when you don't plot things. <laughs> so so um, as, if I've got something started, yeah, it's better. Well, so as a, um, a pantser, do you find um, that the story comes together when you write it or during the edits? I tend to think it's come together when I've written it, but then I do get the edits back. <laughs> it's a little bit of a rude shock to think, oh, <laughs> maybe not as much as I thought. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's always a bit of a rude shock. It's, it does need a lot of fine-tuning, sort of, I find, in my first big edit when I get it back. That's usually always one I just try to have a drink with when I open it, the email. <laughs> here's your edits and it's like oh my god okay <laughs> I need to work myself up with this but um, they're not too bad I haven't had any that have been like majorly this is crap start again type thing I don't even know what I'd do if that happened I'd probably freak but um yeah it's mainly just a little bit of fine tuning and and bits that I've swapped and because you know I haven't planned I decide to move that scene somewhere else and then forget that I haven't already said something about that so then I've got to go and write it back in again and that sort of stuff but um, turns out the readers need to know that. <laughs> so, yes. What made you, I've got to put it in for all the Outlander fans. So what made you put the Outlander throughout the story? I love Outlander. Uh, that was the other reason we went to Scotland. Um, we'd been watching, I'd been reading Outlander like 20 years ago when it came out or whatever. I loved it. Um, then they made the TV series. I was watching that quite happily and I convinced my husband to watch it with me. And he really got into it. And I'm like, oh, this is really cool. And then one day I happened to say, Gee, it'd, be, it'd be good to see, you know, where they make these things, some of these castles. And I'm like, well, actually, <laughs> I've been looking online and they have tours that go to all the Outlander places and I was really onto it. So we were booked and going before we knew what was happening. Oh, um, wow. And it was good. Yeah. It, yeah so we, we actually went and did, it was only a day tour, but it was really interesting because it was something we both really wanted to go and see, all these, the, the locations, the castles and the, the areas and that. So that was really lovely. We went and did, um, we did that for a big tour, which is sort of why I've put a tour in the book and then go on and, it was lovely being able to put that in. And I just thought it's just nice to be able to, um, I guess the beauty of being a writer, you can put whatever you want in your books. And <laughs> I was forcing Outlander down everyone's throat, <laughs> <laughs> whether they want it or not. <laughs> so how long did it take you to write? Um, well, this one did flow quite well. I, I can't actually remember. I need to start putting it on things when I start because I never, I'm not real good with maths and numbers, just go out my head, dates, God knows what. So I will have to start doing that so I got an idea. But normally on an average it's about seven months on a okay. something that doesn't require too much little bottoming around and, and stressing. Okay. But this was probably a little bit quicker. This was probably uh, five or six because I kind of, it was very, it was quite flowing, this one, which was really good. Um, oh yeah, and it, yeah, it didn't take, I don't know, it just, it was lovely the way, despite the fact I had no idea what we were really doing with it, it kind of just worked itself out. It was really lovely. One thing led to another and another, and yeah, it just sort of all flowed, which was really lovely. What, for, for me, oh, I'm sorry we're going off script, but for me, <laughs> um, <laughs> 
with you um, pass you I know <laughs> there's hope for the yet <laughs> there is um with the um I, I fi- found mm. it unique um uh the relationship with Elle and Stuart not that that was unique I I love their relationship but the fact that you introduced it so far into the story mm. Because as you know, the, normally it's like you're, you're introducing your all your characters um, in the first quarter, first. as it were. Yeah. yeah, and then it's like, oh, we have a new character. Oh, and new story, not new storyline, but yeah, just part of. It. And I think that was part of um, when I wrote this because I had to sell them on the whole Scotland thing, where normally I just write australian-based stories um i sort of pitched it to my publisher as more of a women's fiction instead of they've slotted i mean they slot me in australian rule fiction which is fine that's what i write that's what i love um but it was nice to sort of branch out a little bit and because it was going to be women's fiction i wanted to sort of i wanted the story to be about Elle and her journey you know finding out where she belonged and I ummed and ahed about even putting any kind of romance in there for a while. I, I just didn't want to overshadow like that part of the story. I wanted it to be about her, which is kind of why I sort of waited till a bit later. Like she had to sort of be on the journey. And at that stage of the journey, that's where she sort of comes across him. And he could have stuffed things up royally. Like had she, you know, she was at a, another crossroads. Does she just take the easy way and go with this really lovely guy and still be happy but hasn't actually resolved anything in her own life and then she's sort of still going to have that issue hanging overhead or does she you know really make a tough decision and say okay no I've got to go and sort myself out first but as usual I can't leave it without there being some kind of happy ever after so yeah at the end yeah I'm so glad you did Mm. Yeah, oh, he was lovely. I couldn't just leave him out there on his own. <laughs> <laughs> and but, I um, love the fact that yeah. there was the family connection there was really beautiful with the, the love story through their families. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, and it probably helped. It's probably, that was probably a big red flag to me that there was probably going to be some kind of romance in there somewhere. <laughs> it had to sort of work out, didn't it, really? And I, yeah, I think... Um, that's just subconsciously where it was going. There had to be something nice. Do you have any advice for any aspiring writers? Um, and from a Panthers point of view, <laughs> um, <laughs> if they are, because I'm sure we have some subscribers who are Panthers um, mm. and both Marg and I are plotters. So we can't really speak to that. <laughs> side. So what, what can you give in terms of advice for them? I don't know. Look, I honestly, my my publisher keeps saying, do some workshops, you know, do some presenting. But I really think if I stood up there, I would not know how to tell people how to write. So I feel, <laughs> because I have no idea what I'm doing myself, I don't feel like I have anything to offer anyone by standing up and saying, this is what you do. You know, you just go with an idea and you do it because that's what I do. But I don't think that's very good advice to give anyone who's actually (laughs) after some advice. They probably should start with plotting. But um, I think if you just want to write and you've just got it in you, you just sit down and do it however it works for you. And when you've, you've got it, you know, you think you've got your story there, that's where you start to find find your ways to get it better like I joined um, Romance Writers of Australia 
and other yeah. little writing groups. And that's where it sort of all clicked for me. I had no idea what I was doing. I still have no idea what I'm doing, but I didn't know any of the process. And so I was just writing on my own before internet, before I had any connections with anybody. And it just was life-changing once the internet came around and you were suddenly had all this um, networking and people that yeah. you could talk to and find out what how to do it sort of thing. Um, mm. And I think you've only got to look out there with all the reference books. There's like a gazillion reference books. There's no one way to do it. And I have tried lots and lots and lots of ways. And each time I see a book that tells me how I'm going to be this amazing writer and that and bought it, I just, I still end up not any different to what I was. So I think you've just got to just write your story out, write what you want to say, and then find a way to mould that and make it better. And that's where your groups and your support networks come into it and competitions mm. and things. Every time mm. you send that out or get someone to read it, you take back that critic that critic sort of stuff and and just learn from it you know don't be too put out by someone pointing out that it's absolute crap I mean hopefully they'll say what they liked about it and that there were some redeeming qualities and that's what you've got to go with and you just got to keep persevering you just got to keep writing basically mm, you can't just so yeah write so a book and just leave it it's never perfect how long have you been writing for when was the first well, I started the first time the first you book. before your first book? I got married really young, lived in a city where I had no idea what I was doing because I'm a little country mouse, and found myself just at home all the time <laughs> reading Mills and Boone. I would just devour these Mills and Boone. And then I ran out of the type that I really liked to read. Like I was reading romantic suspense and I really loved the military-themed kind of books, yeah. but didn't really like the way they were just pages and pages of all this gun talk and bloody, all that sort of stuff. I'm like, where is the story? I want to get to the story. So I ended up thinking I'll just write my own the way I want to read it. <laughs> so I wrote it with a bit more of a relationship in it, you know, not so much gun stuff and, and all the other technical jargon, which probably looking back, I probably should have had in there. <laughs> it would have been nice to have some stuff in there, but um. I just wrote what I like to read and I couldn't find it there. So I felt like this was, you know, what put me out there to do that. But I probably would have started re um, writing eventually anyway, because I think it's just, it was something that was sitting there waiting to happen. But this, like I said, this was, this was years ago and like before we had internet and anything in our, so, so I was writing just by hand, by typewriter, whatever, and just, shoving it literally in a drawer for years and in between children oh, wow. I'd bring this thing out yeah and just read over and I love my characters and I I love my sort of storyline but I must say that even, even the storyline it wasn't till I went to my first romance writers conference it was like 2009 or something that I pitched this book <laughs> that I'd been writing for <laughs> I don't know 12 years or something on and off and I pitched it and the the um the agent no the editor she was sat there and just picked apart everything I was saying I was actually devastated because you know she's saying well that doesn't actually make any sense why would she do that that no one would do that and I was sitting there thinking but it's a story <laughs> you know but then but when I thought about it and then sat down and changed it 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 was amazing it was learning I had no idea you couldn't write completely fiction you had to have some kind of realistic basis to it <laughs> um so yeah that kind of put a dent in things but it was that 
um, that learning curve. I, I needed someone to sit me down and say, that's absolutely crap. You need to go back and start again. But, you know, use your idea and and put this into it. And that's what, for, you know, that's how I started. That's how I learned. And I've just been doing it ever since. I think the more you write, the more you send out to people, the more you get back. Mm, so what, what would be... Um, what would be the the most important lesson that you've learnt that you could give to somebody who's to one of our guys um, mm. who is um, writing and really want to you know really want to get their hand in? Find the time. Like it's so easy to put things off. When I first started, I had three kids, all little, all running. I had, you know, nowhere to sit. You don't have the perfect office. You don't, you can't wait for that perfect time. And I would just take 10 minutes, half an hour, play school was a godsend. God knows play school on Sesame Street (laughs) back to back was awesome because you could sit there and get all this time in. But you just take what you can get and you just do it and you find the time because it's, I mean, I wish I was that dedicated to like fitness or eating well because the same thing applies to that, but it's not as fun really, is it? But writing definitely, I I did it when I could and I just kept going and I think that's the base. A lot of people you talk to will say, oh, one day, you know, when the kids are bigger or one day when I finish work or something but I mean sure that might be that might be fine that might be how they want to do it but realistically you're not going to learn the things you've got to learn by doing it once you've got to start and just be keep doing it sort of work your way up so yeah start and find the time so for any of our um scripters um if they want to um find you um how do they I suppose how do they find you and and uh, where to go to to read more of your work i'm on facebook a lot yes <laughs> i'm on instagram when i got anything decent to post up there on photos <laughs> usually of my animals um yeah i am um, yeah carly lane author or carly lane i'm on facebook for and i've got a website carlylane.com.au which i try to update which probably haven't done that recently but that's got details on there too yes yes there is enough to keep you going till the next book in december <laughs> oh wow so are you you averaging a book, a, a book a year or two at the moment um two a year yeah which is fine it's not as it's not as awesome as you think <laughs> because i've sort of got them in in reserve it's been fine it's only when we hit a little bump in the road where someone suddenly says no to one and then you think crap but um yeah I'm still ahead (laughs) I just like to be well ahead (laughs) but um yeah and it only worked out that way because when I first got accepted I had been continuously writing so I had another couple sitting there and once I sort of sent it to them they they just said right well we'll put out another one so I kind of did it to myself I keep saying I'm gonna cut back to one a year but I don't know it just doesn't work that way so so do you have um, an agent or is it um, just directly to the with the publisher? Started out, I did the first two books without an agent. Then I got an agent. Yeah. Then I didn't have an agent. <laughs> so for the last probably, oh, I don't know, I can't remember when we stopped, probably the last three, six, seven to eight books, I haven't had an agent. Oh, wow. um, yeah, I... Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm in a position where I was really lucky. I've been published by the same publisher, yeah. all but one book. I do have one book out with um, Harlequin, who are now yes. HarperCollins. Um, yep. 
Yeah, and that was only because Alan and I one at the time early on didn't really want one of the books, didn't fit my rule sort of stuff. So I was lucky enough to get picked up by them. So all my books are basically with my same author and we've got a really good relationship. So I sort of don't so much need an agent now at the moment. I mean, that could change if I became mega super popular (laughs) and needed to do some really important decisions. I'd probably have to go and get one again then. But yeah, I, I don't think, and I mean, I got picked up without having an agent. I think it's possible. I think you've, and there's a lot more opportunity now. You don't technically need an agent. There's sort of, um, yeah. I know that they were the be all and end all. And at all the conferences, it's sort of all anyone talks about is finding an agent and that. But they are super hard to find. Like there are less agents in Australia than probably anywhere. And it's just so hard to find. Even yeah. when you're published, it. I had two books out and I was still struggling to find an agent because I didn't actually have a contract on hand to get them to do anything with, but they won't sign you unless they've got something. So I found that a little bit hard. Um, But, you know, like I got picked up through the Friday pitch through Alan and Unwin and a lot of, yeah, a lot of the major book um, publishers have their own version of that where you can just now send them you know a chapter or whatever and that's probably just as good a way of getting in front of someone as as anything and I think you've got better chance of doing that quite frankly than you know taking all this time and stress trying to find yourself an agent maybe just get out there and try yourself if you haven't I mean if you get one that's great you you do have an advantage I suppose but I mean I'm living proof that you don't actually need one (laughs) that's so good Um, yeah, I like that. I forgot yeah. about the the pictures. Yeah, mm. Macmillan's yeah. Mondays for Macmillan's, Fridays for Ellen Unwin, and something like Wednesdays for Penguin. <laughs> Random yeah. house. Oh, they best idea. They're so good yeah. compared to what it used to be, where you'd you know yeah. send the whole manuscript and it cost you a fortune, and you have to wait for twelve months to hear anything if if you ever heard anything. So yeah. it has definitely improved, and it's definitely getting a lot easier to get yourself in front of publishers and things now too it's great well do you have any questions for us as readers I thought to ask do you have any questions for us having read the book well yes actually I'm wondering if you would like a second book like a sequel to carry Uh, on this book I was I'm (laughs) glad you did that because I was thinking okay this this has the ability to actually because um, I would have loved to have known or had Elle and, and Stuart um, for that to be developed. developed. Mm. Yeah, and for the, the ups and downs, as it were, in uh, from that. And mm. um, I, I'd yeah. also love to see, like, where her art goes as well. Um, yeah, That's something she's obviously really passionate about and we saw glimpses of it, but I'd love to see where that could go as well. The romance won't be a smooth ride there will be twists and turns good but we do love Stuart so we won't kill him off or anything drastic awesome Awesome. (laughs) and so do you have any idea of when that one will be released um if I start it next um it will probably I have to have it ready by May next year (laughs) so you know (laughs) yes we haven't started that one properly yet I've put the idea down but uh, that will probably be out for May. Uh, sorry, May. Yeah, no, it's due in, due in May. So it'll probably be the December one, I'm guessing, next year. 
it's sort of a bit hard. We work a couple of books ahead, so it gets a bit confusing, which is which. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I've already got the December one for this year ready to come out. It's just on its final edits, I think. Um, and then, yeah, the one I'm writing at the moment has to be finished by December in order – oh, sorry, October in order to be out for May. It sounds like it. It just got a little bit hectic for a bit, <laughs> but we'll be right. We're on track. That's so good. How did you go with COVID? Because a lot of um, authors um, were not liking the 2020 books coming out. So how did you go with that? Mm. Uh, well, the one for 2020 was actually really good. Apparently it was one of the best sellers of mine so people were really quite enjoying maybe it was just the rural fiction genre I don't know um they all seemed really happy with that which was great I guess there was a lot more people with a lot more time in their hands but um writing wise it was really different I think that's what put me off my game a bit I think because we had it took me a while to get back into writing we sort of had people home and things happening and I wasn't sort of getting that headspace I needed to write and so I think it really mucked around with my routine not that I really have a routine but of sorts so it's kind of nice to try and get back into some kind of routine but um I don't know we still got to hang around and wait and see what's going on awesome yeah well thank you so much for joining us this evening we absolutely Lovely. loved it the characters are fantastic we thank oh, you so thank much you. and now cannot wait for the sequel if that's the case it's fantastic <laughs> i'll let you know <laughs> cool. cool please do <laughs> thank you for having me remember guys you can um get to know carly more for um on her website which is carlylane.com.au did i get that right that's right and and Carly Lane author on Facebook as well and Instagram. Thank you so much for joining us, Carly. Thank, Thank you. you so much. This has been great. You're wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for joining us for our very first episode of the Writer in Progress podcast. We hope this will be the first of many podcasts to come and we look forward to you joining us for many more. If you are a writer or perhaps want to be a writer, and are ready to take your writing seriously, you can find out more about what we do at Scripta on our website, www.scriptabox.com.au. That's Scriptabox, S-C-R-I-P-T-E-R-B-O-X. So hop on there to find out more about our online WIP club, writing resources, and so much more. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time.